0: This is Father Gregory Pine,
1: and this is Father Patrick Briscoe,
0: and welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcast. For this episode of Guest Planning, we're very delighted to have with us Mrs. Leah Darrow. So, Leah, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy to be here. I can't wait to get started.
0: Cheers. Neither can we. And when she says she can't wait to get started, she means that we just had 12 minutes of technical problems. So she really can't wait to get started. <laughs> um, so, so Leah, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with your work, um, whether it be from having heard you speak in person or from having encountered some of your things online. But if you wouldn't mind just um, saying a word of introduction, who you are, where you're from, and the type of apostolate or ministry that you're currently engaged in.
2: Sure. So I've been a Catholic speaker for the past 17 years. Um, And what kind of brought me to that space was that, you know, before I began this work in evangelization, I was actually living a very secular life and I was in the fashion and the modeling world. I was on America's Next Top Model and then stayed in New York and was living that life for quite a while until I had a pretty big uh, conversion experience, as I guess all conversion experiences are. They're pretty monumental when things completely turn around. And it did. And so, that began um that was back in 2005 and so that was just a slow turning of myself and my heart back to the lord back to his church and and to truth and so through that process of me kind of coming back to my faith i had a very i had a good um some good time for some spiritual rehab so to speak uh before which I didn't know it, but God was calling me into this space of sharing my story and evangelization. And it just began with sharing my story of just like, okay, well, this is what's happened and this is what I've experienced. And I'm just sharing it with you that this is what God can do with anybody's life because he did it with mine. And, you know, I mean, he loves me, but I'm not, you know, completely unique in this area of, you know, conversion. So just sharing that story and that, that grew into something where I began to, uh, really, you know, it, Embrace the servitude in it. And I began to serve people through the witness and serve people through sharing Christ's mercy. And that began to really create this passion in my heart. And so I continue to do that work now. And uh, what I'm doing now is really more coaching and personal development. Because over the past 17 years of me speaking, I've seen a huge gap in the spiritual formation side and then the human formation side. And so a lot of people would come to me after my talks and after being on stages and they would share things with me, and they would, you know, basically be saying like, "Me too," but what do I do now? And is there a certain prayer I should pray, or is there a right novena that I should do, or is there a saint that you know? And what I'm listening to really is not a lack in their in their spiritual formation. I mean, it could be developed more, of course, but it's really this, you know, lack of human formation and and, and routines and habits and traits and a mindset that needs to accompany conversion and accompany living your life with Christ and um, and that relationship. And so that's what I do today. So that's my work. Of course, that's not just who I am. I'm married to Ricky, who's a firefighter and a Green Beret. And we've got six kids um, that we homeschool. And I've got one baby in heaven that I lost actually just a few months ago. And I don't want to forget her. Her name is Imelda. Um, and we live on a farm and we're homesteading and we're living the dream and we're figuring out as we go we have no idea what we're doing but we love it and uh and that's what we do that's our life it's just this one awesome you know uh beautiful you know challenge and experience every day and and that's what we do together
0: so maybe just to follow up then first on the work that you're currently engaged in mm-hmm. i think there are a lot of people out there with whom that desire kind of resonates i think a lot of us right. have it in our mind that there's like an obstacle or an impediment to our spiritual growth which we haven't addressed yet. And if we, could just, if we could just figure it out, right? If we could just have it explained to us, if we could flip to the back of the proverbial life book and just kind of search through the answer key and find what it is that's been tripping us up, then we'd be you know, well on our way to heroic holiness. Um, so how do you begin that conversation with people who are looking for a trick, who are looking for a life hack, who are looking for an easy way through? Well,
2: first I listen. Most of the time, the answer is right there if we're listening, and if I'm not, you know, I mean, of course, I know we all know this tactic. But if you are in a conversation and you're just waiting for your turn to speak next, you're not listening, and you're not giving the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, enough material to work with. You're, you're not, you're, you might be giving him the pencil, but you're not, you're not giving him any paper to write anything down. So when you're really listening to someone, and I and I, I I do get these types of conversations where people are saying, you know, I'm just thinking about like, I just need this. I'm trying to really listen and not think about what I'm going to say, but I'm listening to like what's behind their question. Cause there's always something behind it that's triggering it. And if you, and if you listen well enough, you can start asking questions. And I think one of the things that you know, I've learned as a coach and learned in this area of personal development is not just me saying, well, let me tell you something. I know what you need to do. But it's me asking questions so then they answer them and they're like, and then they have their, their light goes on because they can answer their question. And we can, we with the Holy Spirit, truly guided, can help, can answer those questions that I think Christ gives us. It's kind of going back to that beautiful a framework that john paul ii so elegantly framed as the question and answer dynamic where you know john paul talked about this this question answer dynamic of christ and so john paul was speaking about how christ interacts with people in the gospels and jesus is always asking a question in which he is the answer so when we ask questions you know, I, I really believe, especially in the framework of Christianity, in the framework of scripture, you can allow people to kind of answer these questions with, you know, holy you know, praying that it's led by the Holy Spirit and they can kind of find out their answer. And I don't know, Father, if I've if I've gone around the bush too many times here and not answered really your question in this, but it's it's one of these things where we're it's not always the quick fix. It's not, you know, too often what I get after my talks are. Well, I have this problem. How can I, you know, I just can't, I just can't seem to forgive myself. I can't seem to like move past. And I always think about my past. I always think about this. It always keeps bringing up. So, and then they'll ask me, so do you know, like, what is the prayer that you prayed to fix that? And I'm thinking the prayer I prayed to fix it. It's not the prayer that fixes me. It's Christ. It's Jesus that fixes us. It's Jesus that heals us. It's Jesus that 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 makes us new. Now, okay, so then how do you do that, Leah? Right? Like what okay, fine. So it's Jesus. So then we know it's not necessarily this scholastic undertaking, right? It's not just, well, I need to go back to Aquinas because I'm pretty sure he's got a formula and he will he will reverse engineer my issue and I'll be able to figure it all out now. And and that is quite helpful, but it doesn't always lead us to healing. And it doesn't lead us to really embracing a Christocentric life um, with the Lord, and so being able to go back of like, well, what are what are the things that I, that I like? For me, mindset is huge. It's not just one piece, but you know, um, what is your mindset about about Christ? Like, what is your belief system about God the Father? What's your belief system about Jesus? Like, okay, so you know, if they're Catholic, okay, so they they believe in in the truths of the Catholic Church, fine. I'm not talking about that belief system. I'm talking about like, what do you believe about Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? How have you defined him? Because how we like our belief system about our relationships and our belief system about a, a particular relationship defines the relationship. so if I, if my belief system about God the Father is that he is the judge, He is standoffish. He is not fully intimate then our relationship with God the Father is quite well it's indicative of that belief system it's you know it's different than somebody who has a belief system of God the Father being constantly present and encouraging hopeful guiding you holding you accountable that's a very different relationship so Gosh, I could go on in so many different areas on this. Leah, like, <laughs> like- I yeah. wanted to—I wa-
1: I wanted to ask a follow-up and kind of keep that going. But I, all I was thinking the whole time you were talking is what I was going to ask you. I wasn't really listening. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> savage, savage. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because so much. I, one of the things that one of the things that I did that I really wanted to bring to this episode because it, it comes up all the time. Uh, it's a really basic problem. It's something that that I've heard you mentioned, but I, I, but I think in this context is key. And, and I, do, I do actually really think it follows nicely on, on what you were saying, right? Is that, um, is that so often people begin, at, you know, as they start this journey, they start listening, they start considering, okay, what, what are the kind of fundamental habits and dispositions uh, of my life that I need to change? And immediately, like the next thing is you, you share it with a friend and the friend tells you about uh, his or herself, and then you you start comparing yourself <laughs> to, to, what, to what your friend is experiencing. So what 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 would you, what would you say to someone, you know, who is who's beginning to think seriously about their relationships, about about all of the habits and and, and things they value in their life and how, how how they're working to to know and to love the Lord more completely? Um what do you say to that perennial temptation to to compare ourselves to each other?
2: Hmm. You know, I've Father Patrick, I've gotten into a habit personally for myself of being very careful of my boundaries with my social circles. Also who's in my social circle. Uh, and so I would, I would, I would first make, and, and, and when I'm in those, um, when I'm in those situations, I have, I've, I've created a habit of like asking myself of like what or how, or who, how is this serving me well? And when I, for me, serving me well is me keeping myself on a path um, to Christ in an alignment with the kingdom of God. So I would pay attention to who's in your social circle and then be able to ask yourself, is this serving you towards your end goal? Like, what is your goal? <laughs> Do it, those are the other questions you have to ask yourself. But I think all of this also comes back and what it helps so much with comparison I think we talk. You know, comparison is, is a very real, uh, real thing, and there's a lot of talk around comparison. However, to really get at the root of comparison, there has to be some some pretty deep self awareness of our our own triggers, our own needs. Like, what are your greatest needs? And so, when you know yourself a little bit better, you'll be able to. Um, sometimes protect yourself from some of this comparison, but you also know where it's coming from. Know where it's coming from. So, um, and I go over that in my program. There's these, there's research that has been done previously. It's not my own, but it's, it's really, really great research about like the six fundamental human needs. And it talks about these and how we all have them, but then some of them, like usually two kind of rise to the surface in us. And so uncovering kind of like what needs are within each one of us individually. You can understand yourself better. When you understand yourself a little bit better, it is easier to protect yourself from the temptation of comparison, of comparison, and then begin to continue to practice the art of gratitude. And I don't mean just you know gratitude for like I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the things I have. That is great and it's wonderful. But gratitude graduates when you become grateful for other people's blessings. When you are grateful for what another person has, what God has blessed them with. When you are thankful because somehow we are all connected in this beautiful world, and somehow these blessings are being flown out out of this, in this, in this way that grace happens. That is a mystery. But it is affecting the goodness of the world and so we want to get to a place where we are practicing gratitude in our own life and when you do that enough you'll notice as i said it's going to graduate and you'll start being grateful for other people and their blessings and it kind of starts to squash comparison because then you're like why i don't need i don't need to do that you know i don't someone else doesn't have to lose so i can win We can all continue to practice the elements of gratitude and allow to be grateful for other people and their blessings too.
0: So as you describe that, I'm thinking of that last line in the Litany of Humility, a prayer which some people find very encouraging and some people find very discouraging. This idea that others become holier than I provided that I become as holy as I should. And I think there's a sense there at the heart of the prayer of kind of like abandonment to the will of God. But it also entails a kind of self-transcendence. So we have a Dominican in our our community from whom we took a couple of classes. And I'll talk about how, you know, like a, a Christian will typically progress uh, in and through self-knowledge to a certain self-acceptance, which isn't to say like, oh, I am what I am and I'll never be otherwise, but, but to say like, okay, this is how the hand has been dealt. And then through and in self-acceptance to a kind of self-transcendence where the individual is no longer tripped up by you know, excesses and defects or strengths and weaknesses, but comes to see in them, you know, God's particular way of revealing himself, of giving himself, and then of our particular way of responding. So both like personally, individually, but also in the context of a community like you described. So I guess my question then focuses on this notion of like transcendence or self-transcendence. I think when a lot of people want to get over themselves, to get beyond themselves, they will, uh, they'll often do so in a way that's either self-helpy which, you know, self-help things can be good, but if they're inordinately so, they can end up having us focus more on ourselves than on transcending ourselves. Or they'll do so in a way which is like, oh, yeah, I've heard of cool kind of traditions in the Far East, or I've heard of fascinating things proposed in the New Age movement. So they'll often go in other than Christian directions. What would you say when it comes to this movement towards transcendence or kind of getting over ourselves or getting in and through, you know, a certain self-knowledge and self-acceptance to God's plan for our lives and an abandonment to that plan? What are some hallmarks of a Christian response, you know, based on your conversations with people, your own experience, things like that?
2: Yes, Father Gregory, just what you said is the foundation of why I felt there was such a need for a personal development program that was Christocentric, uh, which I think we, I think all three of us would agree, right? If I could just say, if I should just assume your thoughts, but if you call yourself a christian you have entered into the greatest personal development program on the planet i mean what does christ do but develop you into more like him and that's what he wants to do at least and are we willing to journey with him and we have this amazing um foundation of this program of uh you know christianity to follow so when it comes to self-help though because it is quite popular. And and I, and I mean, I'm the first to admit, I, I love the self-help, self-help world. But one of the um, pitfalls is what you were mentioning. It starts with the self, it works on the self, and then it ends with the self. And I think that that, that is where we have a problem. Because if I have a problem, and then I go to a self-help program, and I'm working on myself, and I'm supposed to solve my problem. it just seems a little ironic at the end that somehow I who am the problem will fix the problem and I'll come out without the problem
1: so I think uh Leah in my you know in, my, in the experience of my life um, one of my favorite mistakes to make um, just to boast a little bit about the things that I've done wrong in my life uh, is to re- is to rely on my my own independence my own confidence um and to try and address um, a, a new vision of life uh Basically by myself, you know, without 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 relying on on friends or or mentors. Um, what is it that you can say? Because I think so. I think so many young people today are experiencing this kind of loneliness, and that it, that is ultimately is a result of this, right? A, a desire to discover uh, and and realize their most authentic self. To use a little bit of the language that we find um in in our in our everyday lives um uh, what is your what is your advice to them in particular about how to how to rely how to rely on other people you know how can we break this this lie of independence um and and cling to cling to friends mentors uh, and the church
2: you know i think there's a model that that we're using that's not very helpful the self-reliant model that the self-help world and our culture pushes incredibly so and so this model of you have a problem you're going to fix your problem and then you won't have your problem which is just as i mentioned before i mean the irony is just so thick right <laughs> like you have a problem now go to this self-help program and they're going to tell you that you can fix your problem and you can you know and then you come out of it somehow completely different And what we wanna do is is admit, I got a problem or I've got habits that I'd like to change or I'd like to have a healthier, holier routine in my life. Um, I like to change my mindset because I have a very fixed chaotic mindset and I want to embrace a growth Christocentric mindset about my life and everything that's going on. But you do that by starting with this deep awareness of who you are, right? Being the observer, being curious, and then going through this process of allowing Christ to come in and really enter into that place of renewal. And then after that's going on, move into this place of mission. So one of the things that I do, I have a couple different, like the main model I use is the Jesus model, which is awareness, renewal, and mission. And this is something that has been in the church and talked about for a very long time. And it's right there in scripture, everywhere that you see Christ talking to somebody is this element of awareness um, and then renewal or conversion, and then mission. And I think the other element that we have to talk about is that to kind of get us out of the place of self-reliance and to get us out of, um, this, this kind of very lonely place, because what self-reliance does is just what you were mentioning, father Patrick, but it isolates you. We're like, you're the only one with that problem. And you're the only one with the solution. And you can't ask anybody for help and no one's going to understand. And that is a tactic of the devil. You have to remember that we are playing a game and the other side is well-funded. And so when you look at this as something that you can actually learn to get, you, you, you can learn to play this long game better, you realize that it's not self-reliance that we need to work on. It's not self-help that we need to go run to. It is Christ with us and the power of christ helping us and then we doing the work in that in that process too i mean the power of christ is so incredible is so incredible that it 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 raises people from the dead my friends so this is what we can do we can actually call upon the power of christ and ask christ to change in us what needs to be changed so that we can become exactly who he has called us to be to be as holy as we should in this life and so that involves really the model that we use in life um this new program that i've been working on power made perfect really focuses on this and it really encourages every person going through to change your model like maybe you've had a self reliant model in your life but now we need to embrace this christ like model of awareness renewal and mission and then we even go further and i don't i don't want to you know nerd out too much on this but i love this stuff and so we also look at this this model of life that we tend to see. So you have this idea, there's, there's these three can think of like three columns. And so in the first column you have your life condition. So like the current situation that you're in right now, whatever it might be, if you have like an issue, think of the issue and then put that issue underneath that column. That's your current life condition. The next column, the middle column is your blueprint, which is what you thought it should be. Like this was my blueprint for this particular situation and there's usually conflict between the life condition and the blueprint and when there's conflict there's typically what we would call you know unrest or unhappiness and most personal development programs stop here and they just give you these two columns what i'm super excited about is to (laughs) i mean i i this is so easy but i've added a third column all i've done is added a third column as a christian as a catholic and i'm adding my third column and it's god's plan and so you've got your life condition. You have your blueprint, and you have you have God's plan. Now, traditional self help they only have those first two columns, and they would tell you when you encounter an issue, well, you can change your life condition, or you can change your blueprint. Can you change something right now about your situation to make it match the blueprint, or do you re envision your blueprint? Do you re you know you, you change something? And what I am encouraging all to do is using scripture is the fact that you have to have the third column which is god's plan and so the life condition is going on and it might be something you know there might be a suffering in that life condition it does not match your blueprint okay because you don't want that suffering you have unrest whatever it might be but what if it's matching god's plan and so if you have the suffering currently in a life condition and it doesn't match your blueprint but it is in alignment with god's plan for you that's what we as, as christians as catholics would call redemptive suffering. This is something that says it's hard but there is some type of reason there is something that god's going to do with this hard you know and um it's these are the types of models i think that are that will better serve us in in personal development when we look at the jesus model of awareness renewal admission and we look at this this new model that i have added to in in traditional self-help work or you really are able to eliminate uh the temptation for self-reliance and along with it loneliness and separation and you're able to reach out and and to see what the Lord has in store for you to ask for help to see what see the people that you have around you to help guide you in this process and support you in your journey and in in this good good work
0: okay, so for a lot of Godsplaining listeners, they're thinking cool, cool, but maybe what's my next step? Or, you know, for certain of us, what's my first step? Because we're good at describing the grand scheme of things. Certainly on God's planning, we are, you know, habitually uh, describing the grand scheme of things. We don't always necessarily break it down in terms of practical steps. Maybe that's because Dominicans are customarily uninterested in practical steps because we prefer to live in the clouds. It's a Dominican joke to say, "Um, I know it works in practice, but does it work in theory? (laughs) Um, so, so for a listener who then is feeling, you know, like maybe with, with whom some of this resonates, um, and for whom this represents a kind of ray of hope and an otherwise maybe bleak month or year or pandemic or whatever, um, what would be like some kind of basic principles, uh, that you've identified in your conversations with people in your own experience, things that have emerged from your work, um, that people can just kind of begin to implement in simple ways. So that way, they can be more in tune with god 's plan as it compares to their blueprint as it compares to their life situation, you know more reconciled to that plan, more abandoned to that plan, come to discover their happiness more in that plan rather than experiencing this ongoing struggle with a kind of self reliance which which leads to isolation
2: so I would encourage people to think about these two words as they want to take initial steps: restoration and resurrection so i have I have my program actually built out underneath these two columns. the first half is restoration. And it's that place where you begin to think about like, what's your baseline? Like, what are your, what are your, your beliefs about relationships and God, the father and yourself or your family that are maybe limiting you in growth. And there's a lot of other things in there, but just this idea of restoration kind of like focusing inward so that you, we can become aware of where we're at in that, with that current, you know, situation or place in life. And then the resurrection piece is kind of like where the rubber meets the road. It's like, okay, this, we're going to start implementing some habits. We're going to start working on that. And so think about those things. Like where, where in your life maybe do you need some restoration? Like where are you right now? Like what's your baseline? Like what is going on right now? And then let's think about where would you like to be? Like what would, if you could, with the Lord, design a life and what would that look like? you know, and not just, I'm not talking about stuff. We would we, we be very, very careful about this. I'm talking about who are you? How do you carry yourself every day? What are the thoughts that are going through your head? And what do those thoughts say? And so one of the things that I love to do very, very quickly is just to look at your language. You know, do you have, what type of language do you have in your life? We all have Um, words that we use over and over, phrases that we say, but our language dictates so much about us. Words carry such power. And so what are the words that you say to yourself? Are you using what I call resurrection vocabulary? Are you using vocabulary that is breathing, bringing life to you? Are you saying words and phrases to you that Christ would speak to you in truth? Or are you saying things in your head to yourself that the enemy would say to you or would want to say to you? Our vocabulary is so important because if you want to have a holy, magnificent life, as Christ would define this, are you are you using vocabulary that that speaks like that usually the people that are have are having are very frustrated in life and would like to get out of it they're the people that I talk to where I say hey how are things going they're like Ugh, it's okay it's fine and that's okay and fine like their vocabulary is an okay life it's a fine life but our vocabulary matters so much so Just to kind of like, if we had, if I had to give like a practical to-do, I would encourage people to think about those words, restoration, resurrection. I would also give them something to do with their vocabulary. Like what are the, how are you talking to yourself? How are you talking to others? What are the phrases that you're using? And how could you replace negative self-talk with something that is not just positive, but it has to be rooted in truth, right? We can't just say, it's gonna be a great day if we really don't believe that, if there's, you know, but it's like, the Lord is helping me through my day. He does not abandon me, he will work all things out for good. I mean if we're saying these type of things to ourselves that's rooted in scripture that's rooted in truth, we can get behind that. But we all because we're we're thinking logical beings, we're not we really can't get behind a lie. So this positive thinking type of stuff doesn't really work. Positivity is great, but it has to be rooted in truth. So I would encourage creating a resurrection vocabulary think about also words you use adjectives and verbs that you use all the time and maybe replace them if if they are if they are positive um words maybe create maybe have like a different word that you'll use it'll mean something similar but it also gives you a different feel to it i do this i I do this with my own team they'll call me and we'll have like a weekly call and they'll say okay leah how are you doing and i have been personally using the word magnificent and i'm like i'm magnificent i am and <laughs> it's awkward people and they even giggle and i do too but if i want a magnificent holy life fathers i have to believe it and our mouth is the coach and your brain is the team so you have to tell yourself that it's a magnificent day and it's going to be a magnificent year or whatever it might be but I know that the power of language is something real. Christ uses words to raise people from the dead. We know from Genesis in the very beginning, it was the word of God that, that, that sprung out creation. So our words and the power behind them matter so much. And so if I would encourage anybody right now, right off the bat, I would just look at your vocabulary, look at your language. How are you speaking about yourself and your life and what you want to do each day? And just remember... Your mouth is the coach and the brain is the team. So you're gonna, you are going to coach yourself into whatever it is you are doing. I tell this with my kids all the time. When they say, "Mom, it's too hard," I said, "It it it is what you say it is. If you say this is hard, then you have just told yourself it is hard, and your brain is going to make sure that it p- corresponds positively to your statement." So just the, you know, just the just the neurology behind our brain as God has made us is just really powerful. So. I'll, I'll I'll pause there because I could probably go on longer than maybe we need to, <laughs> but yes, one one thing I would do is to look at your vocabulary, look at how you're talking to yourself, and try to rework that so you have a more resurrection vocabulary.
0: No, and I think that that certainly resonates with me and resonates with the listener in so far as our lives are made up of very simple things. In um, so far as you know, we have we have modest means with which to work. But with those modest means, we can make beautiful things. You know, We can make a beautiful life, a beautiful family. We can contribute to a beautiful work. And sometimes it's just as simple as words, the words that you use. I love that, that your day is magnificent. Uh, when I was discerning a vocation with the Dominican order, I used to tell people that I was feeling groovy about it because at Franciscan University of Stumbo, which is a wonderful place that I love very much, um, the discernment culture was thick. And I felt like the word discernment had come to mean a variety of things. And the main thing that it meant was I've been somewhat irresponsible in hanging out with this woman to such a degree or an extent that she might think that I have feelings for her. And I want to distance myself from that. So I'm going to use the word discernment. So I was like, I don't like how that word's being used. So I used to tell people that I was feeling groovy about becoming a Dominican. They were like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, exactly. Dominicans, it's the place for me. (laughs) Uh, So on that note, um, unfortunately, we have run out of time, but thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, It's been a real joy. And certainly, um, yeah, I know that I've, I've benefited from it, and I suspect that you know our listeners have each taken away a gem, a jewel, a gift. Um, so for those who would like to continue to you know, kind of follow up with your work, those who would like to hear more about the things that you're doing, maybe could you direct us to your website or particular platforms on which we can find some of these resources?
2: Absolutely, so you can find out everything that I've talked about just right on my website, Leodaro.com, and you'll find my, my new um, personal development, Christocentric personal development program called Power Made Perfect. That's from 1 Corinthians 12, 9. Um, it's based on that. You can find all of that at leahdaro.com. And of course, I'm on social media, all of the different platforms. You can find me there and find like little pieces of it. Um, but yeah, you can find out all the information, leahdaro.com. Their program is called Power Made Perfect. And I would love love to see inside the program.
0: Cheers. All right. Well, thank you again. Thanks so much. And uh, so uh, thanks again to all of our supporters. If you'd like to tie through our work, please check us out at patreon.com slash God's planning. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review, all of which helps to get the word out. Um, and as the word kind of grows, you know, as the community grows, uh, we support each other uh, by, you know, like simple, modest means, like liking and subscribing and leaving five-star reviews, but also by the prayers that we offer for each other and on behalf of each other. So, and then the last thing would be visit us at godsplending.org to check out information on upcoming uh, events, which you will find out as they become known. Uh, so certainly know that our, our prayers are for you and please pray for us and we'll catch you next time on God's